0: communication presents photo weeks Good evening and welcome to the Thursday night extravaganza. And up first, we have X, so apologies in the archive, I should have just kept it as PhotoX, but uh, also streaming live on uh, Facebook for the first time ever, so uh, we'll go from there. I won't put my text document up on the screen, it's, and everyone will realise how much of a horrible reader I am, <laughs> but uh, we're getting there, we're getting there, but... Uh, Okay, we'll get into it, because I'm really pumped about this episode, and I really don't want don't to mess it up. So, And you'll find out why now. Okay, I love photography. I love everything about photography. The best thing about photography is there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad images. Even an out-of-focus image are still photographs. Hi, I'm Kendall Jennings, and I'm an Australian, founder journalist, and I've began taking photographs professionally back in two thousand and two. And this is the Photo X series, uh, a podcast discussing anything re- photo related, hence the term X. <laughs> uh, marking the X spot, this episode, I'm going to introduce you all to Australia's best photographer war correspondent, and that is Frank Hurley. Um, if, uh, if people actually know me. Personally, they'll uh, realise <laughs> how much a fan I am of of uh, Frank's work. It's just it's fantastic. So, um, Mr. Frank Hurley is my favourite Australian photographer, and he is my second favourite war photographer. His photo- his, his photographs are amazing, and they truly are. They, I um, we're going to get off get off topic. Going to go ad I went to the Australian library and actually had a look at his work in the cold storage it was one of the best experiences I've ever had and I had a look at an image that's that pops into my mind straight away is a is I suppose a portrait or of a ram of a um, Australian sheep a ram and it was like that the sheep was talking to him in the photo still you know black and white on glass plate Um, it was amazing absolutely amazing so, um, yeah, that's, well, we don't have to read that sentence because I've just sort of ad-libbed on that. So, <laughs> yes, he's a very, very talented individual. So James Francis, or Frank Hurley, uh, 1885 to 1962, was an adventurer, a photographer, a filmmaker, was born on the 15th of October, 1855 at Gle- Glebe, Sydney, was the second son of Edward Harrison Hurley and Lanshire-born printer and trade union official and his wife, Margaret Agnes Nee Boyfer of French descent. Now, <laughs> Frank was a bit of a troublemaker. I suppose that's probably why I like him. <laughs> um, he, yeah, a bit of a prankster, so a bit of a troublemaker, and his his work... It stopped all the critics, basically. Um, at the age of 13, Frank ran away from Glebe Public School and worked in a steel mill at Lithgow, uh, returning home two years later. At night, he studied at the local technical high school. Sorry, technical school. <laughs> um, we've got a technical high school in Korean Apologies for that. And attended science lectures at the University of Sydney. He became interested in photography, buying his own kodak box camera for 15 shillings which is the box brownie i'm assuming for 15 shillings we do have a couple of those in our little collection amazing amazing and uh oh, sorry i've already gone on about mr kodak Apolo- i get all <laughs> apologies uh, in 1905 he joined ha- harry C- harry cave in a postcard business in sydney and he began to earn a reputation for his high technical quality of work and the extravagance risks he took to secure sensational images. Such famous a shot taken from the rails in front of an onrushing train. (laughs) He also gave talks about uh, photograph and photography at photographic club meetings and in 1910 mounted his first exhibition of his work in Sydney. In 1911 Sir Douglas Mawson invited Hurley to be the official photographer on the Australian and Antarctic Exhibition. From December 1911 to March 1913, Hurley worked enthusiastically under extreme conditions, taking both stills and movie film, and his high spirits made him popular and a valued member of of the team. Back in Sydney, he rapidly assembled his movie footage and successfully presented to the public in August, Home of a Blizzard sorry, home of the blizzard. In November, after a brief filming trip to Java, Hurley joined another expedition to Antarctica to relieve the standard Mawson. In 1914, he joined Sir Ernest Shackleton Antarctic Exhibition and produced most of his famous stills. And that exhibition, uh, if you get the chance to watch it, it's, uh, I think it's called Shackleton, um, the war broke out, and Shackleton offered the uh, endurance, which is the boat, uh, to the war effort, and they said no, go to Antarctica. Um, the stills and the video footage that Frank captured of that exhibition is priceless. Um, the series, uh, the the ship, uh, basically, what happened was they got packed in ice and destroyed, <laughs> and I think it was twenty seven uh men uh struggled for survival and all of them made it home. So it's a very awesome story. Um and the photos and the night photography that Frank captured is just amazing for that time period and I don't think you could beat it now. Um everything tells a story and it's it is just purely amazing how he how he Portrayed his creative mind to show us a piece of his mind, if that makes any sense. Um, this is amazing work. Uh, so it's, and he had to choose his images because the the boat uh, the endurance broke up. Um, he couldn't take all his images with him. A lot of them, some of them, sorry, some of them went down with the with the vessel itself, and the others he went through and got the best of the best and broke the other plate negatives. So a very um, yeah, very courageous mission and the images that you see from that exhibition uh, is just what's gone through, that wh- where those plates have travelled and what those plates have, have gone through is just amazing that they survived. Uh, in August of 1917, Hurley joined the Australian Imperial Force as an official photographer with the rank of honorary captain. So he's gone from fighting for life to the war and uh, Hurley was quite shocked by the carnage. He ran, great w- he ran great risks to filming exploding shells and of course he clashed with Charles Bean. Now if anyone knows him personally, I'm not a fan of Bean, but he's very accurate in his historic documentation. But uh, in real life he was a bit of an arrogant fellow. So um, he was the official, vi- the official historian I do have a collection of Charles Bean's books from World War One and they uh are very, very accurate, very accurate. So um, they're also a limited edition as well, as in um, w found 'em at a, uh, mum and dad found him at a, uh, an auction on someone's farm. So they're a bit weather perished. but uh, the actual local RSL does have a really schmicko copy of the set. So I'm assuming that Aunty RSLs have them. So. Back in that day, um, not many were published, so very lucky to uh, be able to read that. So Hurley wanted to depict the horrors of war in a single image. He wanted to convey to the public what war was like. And he started merging several imi- several negatives into one impressive picture, which uh, was a composite. And Bean did not like it. He su- said it was like shooting a fake. So um, they began to clash, and many of Hurley's images were not shown publicly in Australia because of that clash. I think some of them were in U- uh, England, but basically, Hurley photoshopped his images and <laughs> and joined them together to make to make an impressive uh, photo, basically, and being well, being the the um, man that he was, it wasn't true. As in, at the same time, they were all taken at the same venue, I suppose, but yeah. Right, so, and typical of that time, uh, Frank became disgusted with the army administration and irked by the censorship. Hurley resigned, however, he was sent to the Middle East, smuggling out some coloured photographs. See, he was a little bit of an adventurer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in Palestine he flew for the first time and had many adventures while photographing the Light Horse and the Battle of Jericho. Uh, in Cairo he met a young opera sitter song, oh gosh, I'm um, see, can't pronounce a young opera singer, Antoinette Roseland Leighton, daughter of an Indian army officer. And after a ten day courtship, they were married on eleventh of April nineteen eighteen. I think um, from one of the documentaries that I've watched, he lifted her up. Onto a place where she couldn't get down, and she, he wouldn't lift her down until she said yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, quite quite funny. Uh, in December 1919, he was invited to join the pioneer aviator Ross Smith on the final leg of his historic mission from England to Australia. Hurley filmed Australia from the air. The Ross Smith flight was also highly popular. Between December 1920 and January 1923, Hurley made two well-publicised filming exhibitions to Torres Strait Islands and in Papua, um, attracted t- further attention by shipping two small planes to Port Moresby and flying them along the coast. Again, the Papuan films, especially Pearls and Savages, released in December 1921, were major, major commercial successes. He followed it up with a book, of uh, travellers' tales and photographs, also called pearls and savages, he was—he was—to do several other films. He had arranged several other films, but another personality clash, <laughs> and this time with Sir Hubert Murray and the popular administration, over allegedly bad publicity. That was given uh, to the territory through his sensationalised stories of headhunters and unexplored jungle wilds, and more seriously over the alleged improper methods, which he gathered a large collection of artefacts for the Australian Museum in Sydney. He was eventually uh, not allowed to go to Papua, <laughs> and I can't. I've had the right, I've, I've cut that pace that piece out. Apologies. Um, so they moved the films to another venue. So, yes, <laughs> a bit stubborn now, old Frank. Um, in 1929, Frank Hurley joined the British, Australian and New Zealand Antarctic Research Research Exhibition, again under Mawson's command. Two films, Southwood Southward Ho with Mawson and The Siege of the South, were both shown widely in Australia, Accompanied company lectured from Hurley from... Uh, 1930 to 31, he was awarded the Polar Medal and two bars in the 19 in the ni- 1941 and was appointed an OBE. In World War Two, Frank Hurley again served as official photographer with the AIF in the Middle East, but the be- methods that have brought him the fame in World War One now caused clashes with young filmmakers such as Damien Power, who found him old-fashioned and eccentric. He remained in the Middle East until 1946, making documentary films for the British government, but they gained a little attention. Uh, He died of myocardial infarction at his home at Calarae Plateau on the 16th of January 1962 and was cremated, survived by his wife, son and three daughters. Two of them were... uh, twins and one of these daughters became a photographer as well which i shall go into that in another episode but yeah so frank hurley um yeah his antarctica stuff is amazing just purely amazing and yeah so thanks for listening to this episode of the photo x podcast suggestions and feedback is welcomed and uh Shuck us, throw us an email at KJ at KAJX.net. Kajx Communication presents Photo X.